Let's turn our Bibles to Matthew chapter 6. We're walking through the Gospel of Matthew. And for a number of weeks now, we've been in that section in Matthew's Gospel called the Sermon on the Mount, the greatest sermon ever preached by the greatest preacher that's ever preached. And if you were here last week, you might remember that Jesus was pointing out the bad things that kingdom people should not do. And today he's going to be pointing at some good things that kingdom people should be doing, but with this caveat, that we should be doing for the right reason, that we should be doing with the right motivation, with the right heart. Because see, it's entirely possible that you'll go out in the concourse today and sponsor a child with the wrong heart, with the wrong motivation. Is that possible? Is it possible that you maybe even today as we worship God, we're participating that? for motivations that weren't the right motivations or with the right heart. Well, this is what Jesus is focusing on in the Sermon on the Mount. He's talking about the heart. Everything is moving toward the heart, the hearts of kingdom people. He's getting his point across that it's all about how hearts and lives of kingdom people are changed by God. How our hearts and our lives are made different by God. And so last week we looked at the heart behind the bad things that we do. Today, Jesus, as we get into chapter 6, is going to focus on the heart behind the good things that we do. What is the motivation of our hearts? What's driving us? Is it possible that we can do good things, that we can even do godly things. We can do church things. We can do worshipful kind of things, but we can do those things with the wrong motives, with the wrong heart, with the wrong desire. So in our verses today, I want you to see this. I think people have kind of approached this chapter a little differently than we're going to approach it today. Today is not about lessons about giving to the poor. It's not lessons about prayer. It's not lessons about fasting. More than that, Jesus is using those things as examples to drive us deeper. He's driving us through those examples deeper back into our heart. And Jesus is brilliantly doing something here today that I think is incredibly important, something that I think relates to every single one of us in this room today, and that is this. And I would encourage you to write this statement down. We all have a need. We all have a need to be seen and to be affirmed and to be validated. To be seen and to be approved of and to be validated. We all have that in our lives. We want those things. We crave those things. I need somebody to see me. I need somebody to approve of me. I need someone to validate me and who I am and what I do. I think that's true for everybody in this room. It may be for you why you struggle to take criticism properly. Or you don't deal with disagreements well. Because you find those things to be threatening to your sense of affirmation, to your being validated. It may be why some of you are prone to telling other people what you think they want you to say because you want them to approve of you. You want them to validate you. It may be why you're afraid to set boundaries and say no to other people because they may not approve of you. 
They may not validate you. They may turn from you and no longer want to see you. It may be why you gossip about others or bully other people because if you can rob somebody else of being seen, you can rob somebody else of being approved of, you can rob somebody else of being validated, maybe then you can be. It may be why you sometimes act like you understand something when you don't. Because I want to be approved of. And I don't want to be seen as someone who doesn't get this. It might be why you always feel the need to apologize. Or it might be why you cave into peer pressure. Because you need that. You need to be seen. You need to be approved of. You need to be validated. It's why your pastor every Sunday has this weird tension in him. This one side of my heart and brain that says, God, I... I want to decrease. I want you to increase. God, I want you to get all the glory from this. And there's this other nagging side of me that says, don't blow this. Don't stink this up today. Because you don't want to get the reputation of being a preacher that can't preach his way out of a wet paper bag. People won't come to your church then. They won't listen to them. Are you relating to what I'm saying? I think this is just something that we all deal with and we struggle with. And let's be honest, I think in all the good things that we do, there is some mixture of motivation behind all of the things, even the good things that we do. We want to do good things, right? And I think most of us want to do good things well. If we're honest, most of us would say a lot of times I want to do good things and I want to do good things well because I want other people to see me doing good things and doing good things well. I want that for my life. I need that to be seen, to be approved of, to be validated, to be applauded, for others to take note of me, to recognize me. And what Jesus is doing in these verses today, the good news is, It's not complicated. Some of the things he said through the Sermon on the Mount can be a little complex, but not today, not where we are in chapter 6. But the even better news than that is what Jesus is speaking in these verses out of Matthew chapter 6 today. They're incredibly liberating truths. That tonight, today, if we would hear those truths and embrace those truths and walk in those truths, I think some of us today may walk out of here way more free than when we first walked in today. So verse 1 is Jesus' summary statement for what he's about to say for the next 18 verses. So I'm going to drill down a little bit on verse 1, and then we're just going to fly quickly. Probably too quickly, but that's the time we have today. I'm going to fly really quickly over the next 17 verses. Notice Jesus says, Matthew chapter 6, verse 1, be careful. Your translations may say, be aware. First time Jesus has used that word in his sermon. He's saying, hey, pay attention to this. Be on guard. Watch out for this. He says, be careful not to practice your righteousness. Now, we talked about practice last week, the value of practicing, right, how to live rightly before the Lord. But Jesus says here, be careful not to practice your righteousness in front of others, to be seen by them. Otherwise, you will have no reward with your Father in heaven. So be aware. Watch out for this, he says. Don't let your life focus on doing kingdom things to be seen by other people. Now, the reason Jesus is warning us is because we operate in this present reality of we're constantly being drawn into that. We're constantly being tempted to do good things to be seen by others. 
to be approved of by others, to be validated by others. Jesus knows that in our human hearts, and he says, watch out for that. And that might sound a little contradictory if you remember Matthew chapter 5, 16, right? In Matthew chapter 5, 16, Jesus said, let your light shine before men in such a way that they may see your good deeds and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. So which is it? Are we supposed to let our light shine before men so they see our good deeds? Or are we supposed to not let people see our good deeds? Jesus isn't contradicting himself. I think the key to that in Matthew 5, 16 is when he says, and so they give glory to your Father who is in heaven. So here's the reality. When I'm standing here preaching right now, you can't really tell, man, is he in the mindset, the heart set of may this be to God's glory and God's glory alone? Or are there mixed motivations in Pastor Joel right now that he's really wanting to look good and sound good and be impressive to somebody else? Just like I watch you worship and I can't really tell the motive and the intent of your heart. Like, is this all about Jesus and his glory? Or are there mixed motivations here? Are they trying to impress somebody? Are they trying to manipulate in some way? See, it's all external for us, right? We can't tell the difference, but Jesus can. God can tell the difference. And here's what Jesus is getting at. It's a matter of motivation. He's calling us to check our hearts. He's calling us to look at our motivation. He's saying to kingdom people, pay attention, be aware. It's all too easy to have mixed reasons for the good things that you do. It's all too easy to have mixed motivations for why you do the things that you do. If your motivation... In doing good things is to be seen by others. If your motivation in doing good things is to be approved of by others. If your motivation in doing good things is to be validated by others. To be applauded by others. To be recognized by others. Jesus says if that's what you're doing it for. If that's the reward you're looking for. To be seen by people. Approved by people. Validated by people. If that's the hunt of the reward that you're on. Jesus says then you got it. Your reward is among people then. You have no reward in heaven. Here's what Jesus isn't doing. Jesus isn't telling us to keep our good stuff private. That's not what he's saying. He's telling us though, watch the motivation of your heart. It's not realistic to think that people aren't going to see you walk out to the compassion table today and sponsor a child. But what's going to be the reason you're doing that? What, what's the heart behind that? What's the motivation behind that? When you bow your head to pray over your lunch at the restaurant here in a moment, there's nothing wrong with doing that in a public setting. That's not what Jesus is saying. He's saying, but why are you doing that? What's driving that? What's the motivation behind that? So he's saying, stay aware of your motivations. And by the way, I think that also implies Jesus is saying to us, stay aware of your motivations, not somebody else's. Kingdom people don't have the time to be judging the motives and intents of everybody else's heart. Only God can see the heart. Jesus is saying, guard your own heart. Pay attention to your own heart. We got enough trouble with our own mixed motivations to be trying to be the private investigator for everybody else's motivations and intentions of their heart. So stay locked in on your heart, Jesus says. Be aware that you may be worshiping God. For all the wrong reasons, to be seen, applauded, approved, validated. What do you mean, Jesus? Jesus says, let me give you some examples. So he's going to give us three examples here. Look at verse 2. He says, so whenever you give to the poor, don't sound a trumpet. 
Like, I hope you don't go out to the compassion table after church today and pick up a packet and then pull out a trumpet and go, right? Who does that? Jesus said, don't, don't give to people announcing it to everybody so everybody sees you. Maybe today you don't have a trumpet, but yet you, you do have social media or you do have conversations that you have with people. We are prone to find ways to toot our own horns, right? And that's the evidence that the motivation, the heart, the intent was off center. He says, so whenever you give to the poor, don't sound a trumpet before you as the hypocrites do. The word hypocrites there is the same word they would have used for actors. And actors in the first century wore a mask. And they wore a mask to present themselves as something that they were not and to hide themselves from being seen for what they really were. Jesus says, don't wear the mask. Don't be fake. Don't be acting this out. He says, so whenever you give to the poor, don't sound a trumpet before you as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and on the streets. Why do they do that? Look at what he says next. To be applauded by people. That's why they do that. That's great, right? That's why they do it. He says, that's why to be applauded by people. According to Jesus, by the way, here's what a hypocrite is because the world likes to talk about hypocrites but according to Jesus a hypocrite is somebody who does the right thing but for the wrong reason they do the right thing but for the wrong reason he says truly I tell you they have their reward they wanted people to applaud them they got it but he says verse three strong contrasting conjunction but when you kingdom people when kingdom people when you give to the poor don't let your left hand know what your right hand is doing. Now, that's not even really possible, right? This is another place where Jesus is kind of exaggerating a little bit to drive his point in, that the motivation, the intent of our heart ought to be so strong that, that I don't even want the other side of me to know what this side of me is doing. He says, don't let your left hand know what your right hand is doing so that your giving may be in secret. And your father who sees in secret will reward you. Again, he's not saying never be seen doing these things. That's unavoidable. When you go to the table out there today, when you stop and you put your offering in the box today, it's, it's unavoidable to be seen. Jesus isn't worried about you being seen. He's not laying down a list of rules about this is how you do it secretly. This is how you go about it. What he's saying is this your heart. What's the motivation of your heart? Second example, verse 5, he says, whenever you pray, you must not be like the hypocrites. Who are those people? They do right things for the wrong reasons. He says, don't pray like them because they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the street corners. Why? To be seen by people. Is it wrong to pray at church? No. Is it wrong today out on the street to have a friend that needs prayer and you stop and pray for them on the street? Is that wrong? Is that what Jesus is saying? No. Well, somebody might see me. That's not what Jesus is saying. He's saying what's wrong with the way they're doing it is not what they're doing, but why they're doing it. They're doing it to be seen. They're doing it to be applauded by people, to be validated, to be approved of by other people. He says, truly, I tell you, that's what they want. That's what they got. That's their reward. But you, kingdom people, strong contrasting conjunction, but when you pray, go into your private room, shut your door, and pray to your Father who is in secret. Again, is this Jesus laying down rules for this is how kingdom people pray? Always pray in your prayer closet? No, because later Paul is going to say pray without ceasing. This isn't a new rule that you should always pray privately. This is Jesus making the point it's about what's driving your prayer. 
What's moving that? What's motivating that? What's the intention of your heart? He says, and your father who sees in secret will reward you. And when you pray, don't babble like the Gentiles. By the way, we're Gentiles, most of us. That means you're not a Jew, you're a Gentile. Jesus said, don't be like a, don't you love it when he takes us and jabs us a little bit in his own sermon? He says, don't babble like the Gentiles since they imagine they'll be heard by their many words. Don't be like them because your father knows the things that you need before, him, before he asks him. In other words, Jesus just said, don't try to impress God with all your words. Don't try to impress God because you throw out some big churchy words. God's not impressed by that. Don't waste your time trying to convince God how much he needs you. Jesus is saying prayer is about you telling God how much you need him. That's what it's for. You're the one who needs him. You just tell him that you need him. And then Jesus gives us an example of how to pray a prayer that's not saying, God, you need me, but God, I need you. And this is not Jesus saying, pray this prayer He says, pray like this. Therefore, you should pray like this. Verse 9. Our Father in heaven, your name be honored as holy. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. We need you, God. And forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And do not bring us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For if you forgive others their offenses, your heavenly Father will forgive you as well. But if you don't forgive others, your father will not forgive your offenses. And then he gets to the third example here. Look at what he says. Whenever you fast. So, so notice he's always saying whenever. Whenever you give to the poor. Whenever you pray. Whenever you fast. Jesus isn't saying if you do those things. He says when you do those things. Among the many things that kingdom people ought to be doing in the kingdom of God, they ought to be giving to the poor. They ought to be praying. They ought to be fasting. Jesus says, whenever you fast, don't be gloomy like the hypocrites. The people who are doing the right thing, but they're doing it for the wrong reason. They do it gloomily, right? It says they disfigure their faces so that their fasting is obvious to people. They walk around mopey, you know, their hair's disheveled, you know, they didn't brush their teeth. They're just looking raunchy. And you're like, man, are you okay? Oh, I'm great. I'm great. I love the Lord. I'm just fasting right now, right? They just want to be seen. They want to be obvious to people. Truly, I tell you, Jesus says, if that's what they want, that's what they got. That's their reward. But you, kingdom people, when you fast, put oil on your head. Shampoo, conditioner, little Grecian formula, just for men. Whatever you got, but look your best. Look fresh, all right? Wash your face. So that your fasting isn't obvious to others. Now what if somebody just begins to realize, hey, I notice you haven't eaten in the last several times we've been together. Are you fasting? Are you suddenly doing it wrong? No. People will see. But the desire of the heart's got to be, if this gets seen, God, it's for your glory. I want it to be for your glory alone. He says, so that your fasting isn't obvious to others, but to your Father who is in secret. And your Father who sees in secret will reward you. Jesus isn't telling us, hey, y'all, let's hide our worship under a box. Let's never be seen doing worshipful things. That's not what he's saying. He's saying make sure our heart is right. Be aware of the motivation of your heart. 
kingdom people, Jesus says, our worship, the good things we do, is to be different. Different. That we're not to do it for the applause of man. We're not to do it to be seen by others. We're not to do it. Our motivation is not to be approved of or to be noticed, to be validated. And let's be honest today. We've all done it. Don't look at me like you don't know what I'm talking about. We've all done it. We've all done the good things for the wrong reasons. We've wanted to be seen. Could you just let me know you're a human being today? Just like, yep, 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 that's me. Y'all just sit there all poker face like y'all don't know what I'm talking about. I know dang good and well y'all know what I'm talking about. Y'all got to remember, some of us have been together a long time. We know what we're talking about. We're all guilty. We've done this. Probably have done it today. Hey, how you doing? Good, good. Awesome. Right? We throw our Instagram mode on when we drive on to campus, right? We, we worship, we sing, we participated in life. We've, it's possible today we've done some things, even in the house of God today. For all the wrong reasons, it's a constant trap. It's a very present danger. This is why Jesus opens up chapter 6 with that word, beware. Kingdom people, you're going to struggle, he says here, so be aware of that. It's simply too easy to do Jesus-y things without Jesus really being in the mix, Right? It, it's really easy to do that. It's really easy to live that way. But, but stick with me here. We're going to land this thing in just a second, but this is maybe the most important part of what i got to tell you today because this is where the liberating part comes in. This is where the being set free part comes in. I want you to notice in our text today, nowhere in these verses, nowhere in these verses does Jesus condemn kingdom people for wanting to be seen. Nowhere in here did he condemn anybody for wanting to be approved of. Nowhere in here did he condemn anybody of wanting to be validated. He didn't come down hard on anybody and say, no, it's not about that. Jesus isn't condemning here those people who want to be seen. Jesus isn't condemning here people who want to be approved of or people who want to be validated. Can I blow your mind for just a moment? I actually believe this, the need, the want, the desire to be seen, to be approved of, to be validated, isn't actually a sin at all. Can I just tell you that a person that wants to be seen and approved of and validated is as natural to the human experience as a baby knowing when it's time to eat? Hey, thanks for the sermon illustration. You're right on time. That's perfect. A baby's cry is as natural as the human cry to be seen, to be approved of, to be validated. In fact, let me take it even a step further. I would go so far as to say this. God created every single one of us with a need, a desire, a want. To be seen, to be approved of, 
to be validated. We were made for those things. And all you got to do is talk to some sociologists and psychologists who will tell you what can happen to a human being who gets deprived of those very basic human experiences. Oftentimes those lives don't end in a good place. Owen's life was on that kind of path where it lacked those sort of things. To want to be seen, approved, and validated, and loved isn't wrong. It's not sinful. It's not a bad thing. But here's Jesus' question. But who you looking to for it? Who you running to to be seen by? Who you running to to be approved by? Who you running to to be validated by? Who are you going to? Who do you want to see you? Who do you want to tell you that you're loved? Who do you want to tell you that you're valuable? Who do you want to tell you that you're approved? Who do you want to validate you? Who do you want to motivate you? Who do you want to reward you? Who are you living for? Who has the attention of your mind? Who has the affection of your heart? If you find yourself today with that need, that craving, that desire to be seen, to be approved of, to be validated, I have great news for you today. Go back and look at verse 3. Matthew chapter 6. Jesus says, But when you give to the poor, don't let your left hand know what your right hand is doing, so that your giving may be in secret. And your Father, who sees, will reward. Another word for reward is approve or validate. You have a need to be seen, to be approved of, to be validated. And Jesus says, you have a father who already sees you. And he stands ready to validate you and to approve of you. Look at verse 6. But when you pray, go into your private room, shut your door, and pray to your father who's in secret. And your father who sees. You don't have to hunt for somebody to see you. You have a father who's already seen. And he will reward you. He already validates you. He already approves of you because of Jesus. You don't believe that? Jesus will say it a third time. Now, if you know Jesus and he says something back to back to back, that's big. Look at verse 17. Jesus says, but when you fast, put oil on your head and wash your face so that your fasting isn't obvious to others, but to your Father who is in secret and your Father who sees. You you have a Father. It doesn't say will see or might see. It's present tense. He sees his people and he keeps on seeing his people. He sees and he will reward you. He will approve. He will validate. He will applaud. He will celebrate. Listen to me, kingdom people, because Jesus Christ, God's only son, the sinless one, the perfect lamb of God, died in your place and in my place on the cross. Through faith, we're reconciled to God. Now you have a father who not only sees you as son and daughter of God, you have a father that approves of you, who validates you, who celebrates you, who applauds you because of Jesus. And isn't that the reward we want? Listen, the way that God rewards us when you have the the, 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 attention the approval, the validation of Almighty God, that is being rewarded in the most perfect and fullest sense. I'm telling you, the rewards you get for seeking to be seen and approved and validated by anybody or people group or anything in this world, that is hollow and shallow and short-lived. It is nothing less than storing up for yourselves treasures on earth. 
They just don't last. But not with your God who is in heaven. Jesus wants you to be free today from this cycle of always searching for what your heavenly Father has already provided. Jesus wants you to walk out of here free today from always searching for what your heavenly Father has already provided. That search ends. It's over. You're free now, kingdom people. This is what Jesus is getting at in Matthew chapter 6. You, my people, are now free to live your life for an audience of one. Can you just feel the weight fall off your shoulders when you consider that? This insane cycle of always hunting for these things, it's over. It's already been provided through Christ from your Father. We have all of this and more. We're free to live for this audience of one. Jesus is saying to kingdom people today, you are seen. I see you. In in Jesus, I approve of you. I affirm you. I validate you. I purchased you. I bought you. You're Mine, your father sees you and he will reward you. He will satisfy you like none other. He will fulfill you like none other. He will motivate you like none other. He will free you and fulfill you like no earthly audience ever could. It's no accident, by the way, that Jesus said, when you pray, pray like this. And he starts out with, our father. Of all the words he chose, He could have chose our God, our creator, our king, our Lord. But Jesus said, you call out to Abba. You who will be in Israel with me in two weeks, you're going to hear that word Abba so often as little Jewish children call out to their daddy. And Jesus says, that's how you call out to God. You cry out, Abba, Father. Jesus wants you to know, kingdom people, that you have a father and he sees you. He's attentive to you. He approves of you. He loves nothing more than to validate and bless and reward his people. You have a father in heaven today and you don't have to put a mask on. You don't have to try to present something that's not you to him. And you don't have to hide what is true before him. That game's over. Praise God. You can take the mask off. You don't have to perform for him today. You don't have to try to impress him today. You have a father and he sees you right here. Right now. All the good. And the bad. And the ugly. You don't have to look anywhere else to find your reward. You don't have to look anywhere else to find approval. You don't have to look anywhere else to find fulfillment. Your father sees you. And by the way, he is your father. Not because you talked him into it. Not because you twisted his arm. Not because you earned it. He is your father because he sent his own son into the world. To give his life on the cross. To remove your sin and to reconcile you to God. 
That's how he became our father. That's how we became sons and daughters of God. Because Jesus was robbed of approval, so you might be robed in approval from God this morning. He did that for you. In Jesus, you have his love. In Jesus, you have the approval of the Father. The reward. The validation. It's all ours because of Jesus. Kingdom people, we're free today. I, I, I wish I could knock that into our heads somehow. We are so free. From striving to be seen and approved of and validated. We don't have to keep hunting for somebody else to see us. You're seen. You don't have to keep hunting for somebody to prove of you. You don't have to keep hunting for somebody to validate you. We have someone. Who is it? He is our Father who is in heaven. Your name is holy. It's your kingdom that we want to come. It's your will that we need to be done. Right here on earth in our lives as it is in heaven. Would you meet our needs today, God, and give us daily bread? Forgive us. Help us to forgive others as you have forgiven us. Don't let us be led into temptation. And deliver us from Satan. Abba, it's your kingdom. It's your power. It's your glory forever. With your heads bowed just for just a moment. If you could, would you just imagine that there's a circle around you right now and it's nobody but you and your Father, your Heavenly Father in that circle. And the fatigue that you carry because you're always putting on a show, always performing, always trying to live up to something. You don't have to do that now. Not in that circle, not with Him. You can really, you can really worship Him now. The Bible says he desires truth in our inmost being. You don't have to try to get his approval in Jesus. It's been given to you already as a gift. He is pleased. He delights in you. And I want to invite you to worship him. Right there in that circle right now. With your heart. With your mind. With everything that you have. Take off the mask. And just worship. 